This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. So um, I wanted to start out with uh, a follow-up on uh, that, you know, the heavy, you know, start with the heavy stuff at the beginning of the show. I think that sometimes works better than ending with the heavy stuff. So um, last week and the week before, I've been talking about, uh, mentioning this, uh, I think, well, at least last week for sure been talking about this case that um, uh, of a young woman, well, 40 years old, middle age, uh, woman of, oh, by the way, <clears throat> uh, back when I was in my 40s, seems a long time ago now, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine who's a few years older than I am, and I said that, I, I can't remember exactly what made me feel that way, but I said something about becoming middle-aged or something something to that effect and he looked at me and he said Jim <laughs> I said yeah <laughs> uh, you are middle-aged <laughs> because I was in my 40s and it's kind of you know when it starts when you turn 40 over the hill middle age it's kinda it's kinda when it starts it lasts until you're 75 so that's okay but uh, Anyway, uh, I, I was um, uh, last week. I talked about Justine Damon. Uh, again, that's that's her adopted last name. She she was not quite married yet. That was going to be she was going to take her husband's name. Uh, her actual name is like something like Roostcheck, Roostcheck, something like that. I'm not exactly certain how to say it, and I haven't heard it said enough to have it in my brain yet. So. And most everybody's going with Justine Diamond, uh, Damon because that's what she went by. Uh, I There still is not a lot of information. I did find an article online uh, by the Star Tribune, which is the Minneapolis newspaper. Uh, it was, it's dated July 23, so it's a week ago. But it has a lot of information in there. And uh, I'll link to that in the show notes so you guys can check it out. It, it, it has about as much as there can be. Um, because uh, the police officer who did the shooting is not talking to anybody. I guess he's, you know, under advice of counsel. He's not, he's not giving details to the investigators. I'm not sure how that's going to shake out but uh, I believe he is no longer a police officer I think he's gonna he's been fired I believe uh, I did mention that the police chief in Minneapolis I got her name wrong didn't quite say it right uh, it's Janae uh, Hartno I believe that's what it is Harto Hartow geez I still don't know um, anyway she resigned she was uh, at the request of the Minneapolis mayor Betsy Hodges, got that name right. Uh, yeah, it's it's Janae Harto. Yeah, I got that written down. It's right there in my scrawl in my show notes. If I just looked, you know, I do this. I do these mistakes just so that uh, I throw you off as to how pedantic I am. Because you know, what pedant is going to make mistakes? Well, they're gonna. But anyway. Uh, we it, 
there was something new that had come up during the week since the Star Tribune wrote that article and that a search warrant was issued to investigate uh, a, a woman having slapped the patrol car uh, I, I believe almost immediately before Justine Damon showed up uh, and approached the the patrol car and then was shot fatally shot uh, I'm not sure why they'd need a warrant and, and I, 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 I don't know that they but the I guess the information that's coming about what had happened that night is coming from the partner so um, but it's it's just frustratingly small amounts of information that's out there it's just it's very frustrating uh, I, I'm bringing it up because uh, an article or a, a blog post an essay was shared on Facebook by a, a friend of the show Maddie uh, she has her own podcast called a Minnesota trans atheist podcast which you can find on iTunes I should rate and uh, oh, I did I gave it a rating and a good review uh, I try to support Maddie as, 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 I, as I can uh, she posted this and I'm gonna read it to you again I, I um, I'm not the greatest reader I mean, I can read. It's just that my when I read out loud, it, I tend to be a little stilted. So I will do the best that I can. I, I, I'm sure there are techniques. People go to broadcasting school and learn how to read, but uh, you know how to do that, how to read teleprompters, and how to do this kind of thing. But I'm going to read this this piece. Uh, it's it's from Medium.com. It's written by Veronica Sergis who uh, calls herself a public defender, bookworm, nerd, and yogini. I don't know what a yogini is. I imagine that's maybe somebody that does yoga. And I want you to listen to how this reads, because there's a, there's a point she's making, and I'll, I'll do a little bit of a look at a little closer look at it. I, I won't be picking nits exactly. At least I'll try not to be. But... Uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to read this to you. See what you think. The headline is Minneapolis Police Shoot Immigrant Who Lunged at Squad Car. Minneapolis Police have confirmed that that the woman who was shot on Saturday night has died. Uh, Justine Damon was shot by police at midnight on Saturday when she unexpectedly lunged at a squad car only moments after 911 dispatchers told her that police were on the way. Damon, who was wearing only underclothes, had called police to report a possible rape at her neighbor's house. Authorities have confirmed that no sexual assault was discovered. Authorities are also questioning whether Damon filed a false report in order to lure police officers to the scene. Damon has a history of depression and may have been trying to commit suicide by cop where a suicidal person acts so aggressively that the police have no choice but to shoot the person. At least one attorney representing the Minneapolis Police Department has demanded re-examination of Damon's autopsy results, suspecting that Damon was under the influence of the hallucinatory intoxicant Ambien at the time of her death. The officer who shot Damon said that he was violently startled by the sight of Damon running straight at the car through the dark alley. He said that he was following his training and instincts to protect himself and his partner. Damon was a native of Australia who moved to Minneapolis to be with her boyfriend, casino owner Don Damon. Uh, Though Justine Damon had not yet married Don Damon, she ceased using her maiden name upon entering the country and had yet to obtain taxable employment. Authorities are investigating whether Damon's visa was fraudulently fraudulently obtained and whether uh, she has a criminal uh, record under her maiden name. Damon met her future husband, Don, at a self-care retreat. Don has confirmed that he was not home on the night of the incident, but was instead drinking and gambling at a Las Vegas casino. Don Damon has at least seven prior criminal convictions. Australian authorities have expressed outrage over the shooting. The Australian media, ignoring the high rate of murder among Australians, has consistently aired a picture of Damon that would tug at the heartstrings 
all lives matter could not be reached for comment. Now that's the uh, that's the essay. Did you catch what's going on there? Uh, the point that the author was trying to make. Um, simply put, imagine that uh, Justine Damon was not uh, a white woman, but a, uh, a a black woman. Imagine that, and I think the point she's trying to make is that it seems that the well. I know the point she's trying to make is is that the news media has this probably not intentional but uh, I, I, I'm adding the probably not intentional but uh, I don't know if the author thinks that it's probably not intentional but this this two kinds of narratives about victims uh, I think she's probably thinking of Michael Brown who was who was shot by a cop uh, you know, he was a teenage kid, and all of a sudden, we, you know, in the aftermath of that, we were learning about what a troubled kid he was and all this kind of stuff. But I also recall uh, it seemed like the media was showing lots of very pleasant pictures of him, not, so, not, the, not the pictures showing him to be uh, more threatening or more imposing, uh, but, the, but the more pleasant pictures of him. I kind of saw that. So I... When this was first posted, she had uh, a couple of paragraphs after what I just read to you, and they're in italics, which is, I guess, you know, as a as a, uh, a cue to the reader that it's the author it's the author making a note to the reader. Here, I want you to, you know, so I'll read this part. It's what the author is saying. See how the narrative changes when a pretty white lady dies. If this story bothers you, ask yourself why. Now, she put an asterisk after a couple of uh, uh, sentences in there. And she says that um, the asterisk uh, uh, marks uh, the only sentences that I made up for this essay and also, to sh uh, uh, and also show how easily it is to say authorities believe XYZ. The rest of the story contains details that are publicly available. My heart goes out to Justine Damon and her family. Black Lives Matter's Twin Cities thinks your life mattered, Justine. I hope your family joins the cause. Now, I do want to mention something about that. Um, I I know there's some pushback about uh, Black Lives Matter, and you know there's there's some more conservative voices out there on the internet. So I've seen some of their video stuff and read some of their stuff just to see what's being said out there. And you know, there, I don't, I don't, I, I think by and large the the you know, the movement is telling us something that we need to hear, that all America needs to hear. It says, look at what's going on. It's just, now that we're there's the ubiquity of video cameras, we're, we're learning about this stuff. Whereas before, we wouldn't have heard anything. And white folks could say well that's not my that hasn't been my experience so we're now seeing some of this experience coming out and she brings up black lives matters here in this black lives matter I should say uh during this damon incident with the cops and i should and because they support her and her family as well they say look you this is something needs to be done to stop this kind of thing from happening uh, even the, the 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 police chief, the former police chief, said this shouldn't have happened. She shouldn't have she shouldn't have been shot. The the mayor of Minneapolis is agreeing that that shouldn't have happened. Uh, and the the mayor, Betsy Hodges, had some press conference, and it was kind of taken over by a lot of angry people. He's just yelling at her, and she they show her kind of quietly listening, listening, letting them have it out. Just tell me, go ahead, say it. And it was it was an awful lot of Amer African Americans there. So that's showing you. Look, see, see now, white folks, it's happening. See. So I thought that was I. I took kind of um, you know that's heartening because look, we're all in this together, and the Black Lives Matter people have looked at this incident and say, this yes, this is what we're talking about. You know, it, it seems to happen far more often uh, to black folks. And it doesn't seem to get the attention. And what she's, what the, what uh, Veronica Sergis is, or Surge is, yeah, Surge is saying here, is that, you know, 
look how the coverage is, seems to be different. When I was reading that to you, were you thinking, what? what? Now, I want to look through this because she said that everything in here, except for the two things that she had uh, made up, one thing that she made up was authorities are also questioning whether uh, Damon f filed a false report in order to lure police officers to the scene. Um, that's one of the admittedly made up parts. And the other one, if I can find the other asterisks, authorities are investigating whether Damon's visa was fraudulently obtained and whether she was has a criminal record under her maiden name. She made up that part as well. Now, as far as her visa kind of thing, uh, the Star Tribune article said that she is an American citizen through her father. So she, apparently she's got dual citizenship. She was born in Iran, uh, but soon moved to uh, Australia and grew up there and then came to Minnesota. So apparently, according to the Star Tribune article, she does have uh, American citizenship. But the other, there's other things that I wanted to check. Um, Damon, who was only wearing underclothes, had called uh, police to report a possible rape at a neighbor's house. Well, you know, that's true. Uh, but the authorities have confirmed that no sexual assault was discovered. I couldn't find anything about that. It uh, doesn't mean that it's not out there, it's just I couldn't find it. Uh, Damon has a history of depression that, and may have uh, tried to commit suicide by cop. Well, that's being a little out there, but the history of depression, there was somebody in the, in the Star Tribune article anyway, someone that had known her, said that she, you know, she had told him that when she was younger she had you know, difficulties with depression until she found yoga and meditation. I have a feeling you know, she and I would probably not you know, agree on some things. She seemed to be more into the metaphysical type stuff, and you know me, I'm a skeptic, so. Um, I couldn't find anything about the attorneys uh, asking for the body to be reexamined to see if the, she had been taking Ambien. I couldn't find anything on that. Um, I couldn't find anything that uh, she was running straight at the car. Uh, there was, uh, you know, the being startled by a loud noise, but I thought that wasn't the uh, the officer that did the shooting that said that, but the one that was the partner. Um, she does make a mistake here. She says that uh, her the, that Justine's fiance Don Damon was a casino owner. She's not an owner. He's a manager, uh, but he was in Las Vegas. Uh, she's assuming he was drinking, but. Uh, you know, just making that detail so that that's an assumption that he was drinking. But he, we can probably assume he was uh, uh, gambling because when he found out, he was uh, he was uh, he was called while he was at a um, slot machine, you know, playing slots. Um, she says that Don Damon has at least seven prior criminal convictions. Uh, well, that's true. And I was able to find that out. Now, I would I differ with her saying that this would be something that's publicly available. Uh, because of where I work, some years ago, we had an employee that we had just hired who had stolen a safe out of our customer's building. And that was on a Friday. And the following Monday, we had two police detectives come into the office and talk to me and my boss's wife, who was there helping with time cards. And tell us that this had happened and we thought great we've lost an employee <laughs> and not only that he stole something and one of the off uh, detectives gave me a website told me to bookmark it and he says you can go to this and you can fill in a, the, a little search form and you can you know if you know the full name of the person and their birth date you can see if there's any criminal record now you might be able to do it so I did this search for Donald Damon I don't know his middle name I know about how old he is. He's, I think he's about 50 or so. And I did do a search. And yes, there are seven entries that are found in that, that, that database. And this is just for Minnesota crime background check stuff. So uh, there are seven. Uh, it's true. Uh, five speeding tickets, two parking tickets. But depending on how you want to say it, you can make it look any way you want. And then finally, she says that uh, that the Australian media, ignoring the high rate of murder among Australians, well, that's just not true. <laughs> and because uh, uh, Australia's murder rate is extremely low. It's about one for every 100,000 people, I guess, per year. 
something. So, uh, but uh, she had changed those two paragraphs at the end there where she was explaining what she was doing there. She had said it, she was a little more vague about you know everything else you know or, or I made up a couple things up there, but everything else is true and easily found publicly. She made it more clarified that exactly what she had made up. I think she's some of the stuff isn't it might be publicly available but I couldn't find it but her overall point is not diminished that there is a there does seem to be a double standard way of uh, depicting victims and uh, that ain't good so uh, yeah it was a good point and I thought I'd bring it up to you guys. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return after this eh, medium-sized break. Actually, it's as long as any of my breaks are anyway. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Delphal News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. On the go and missing another one of your favorite ZTalk shows? Now you don't have to. Simply go to the Google Play Store on your Android phone and download the ZTalk Radio app. The best part is, it's absolutely free. That's ZTalk Radio. Only found in your Google Play Store on your Android phone. Download it today. Station identification. You're listening to ZTalk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Sometimes I try to do things and it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. And like, I try hard to do it and I like take my time but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. It's like I concentrate on real hard but it just doesn't work out. And everything I do and and welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, that song that we were coming out of break to is a song called Institutionalized by a, a band uh, from the 80s, from the um, Southern California, L.A. hardcore punk scene called, uh, the name of the band was Suicidal Tendencies. I think they still exist in some form. Um, that's their one song that I I know well. I don't know much of their of their stuff. wasn't quite my thing, but I did like that song. Now I want to tell you <clears throat> uh, how things change in the course of say oh I don't know thirty years. When uh, in nineteen eighty three, uh, suicidal tendencies they released their debut album self titled, and on that album. The song Institutionalized was uh, prominently uh, placed, I guess, or, well, it got some play, at least in the indie clubs and the hardcore scene and all that. So, um, I was in 1983, I was not quite 20 yet, uh, but by the time I first heard the song, I must have been in my 20s, hanging out at First Avenue 
where I was in art school. Uh, so I was getting close to my 20s, or you know, just just about. So at that point, I thought the song was kind of fun and kind of cool, and it has a real, you know, it's hardcore punk. And even though that part that you hear is at, at, at the when I came back here, uh, doesn't isn't quite the the thrashing, speedy kind of stuff that comes to be associated with hardcore punk. It uh, it does get that in the song. And I thought, now this is going to be a reading-heavy show. <laughs> so I was going to say, I'm going to I'm going to read some poetry. Well, this is uh, a, a by way of song lyrics, and I thought I'd read this. And um, the reason why this popped into my head today, uh, I was uh, checking around Facebook, and my, uh, a Facebook friend who is the wife of my friend Scott. I've talked about Scott on here before. Scott Roberts, he used to be on Z Talk Radio way back when. Uh, he's got some other radio, internet radio thing going now, and a bunch of other stuff going. But anyway, uh, he's his wife, who is a Facebook friend of mine, posted some message today that uh, stated, uh, you know, somebody give me a Pepsi, and then she had some other stuff to say, which I can't remember. But that, you know, someone give me a Pepsi, or can somebody give me a Pepsi? Uh, some something along those lines but that that was there and and if you know the song institutionalized if you know suicidal tendencies uh, you will be saying oh yeah I know where Dim's headed um, it seems it, I don't know if it's if it's if you're like this but uh, you know how there's there's Godwin's law Godwin's law is that uh, any online debate or you know through a common thread or through some some you know a forum or some way to for people to have their have their argument with each other. Uh, the longer it goes, the uh, the the greater the certainty that someone will be compared to Hitler or Nazis. It it becomes almost inevitable. The longer it goes, somebody's going to bring up Hitler or the Nazis or both. Well, with me, the longer a, th a comment thread goes, the more likely it's going to be that a song is going to pop into my head because of something somebody says. And sometimes it's right away. So when she says, somebody give me a Pepsi, I think of this song institutionalized. And I thought I'd read this to you. I won't read the entire song, but it's... Uh, I'll read quite a bit of it. <laughs> so sit back. I won't read it the way he sings it. Sort of talk sings it. But uh, uh, it starts off, uh, he says, uh, Sometimes I try to do things, and it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated, and I, and like, I try hard to do it, and take my time, but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. It's like I concentrate on it real hard, but it just doesn't work out. And everything I do and everything I try, it never turns out. It's like I need time to figure these things out. But there's always someone go there going, Hey, Mike, you know, you've been, we've been noticing you've been having a lot of problems lately, you know? You should maybe get away and, like, maybe you should talk about it and you'll feel a lot better. And I go, no, it's okay. You know, I'll figure it out. Just leave me alone. I'll, I'll figure it out. You know, I'll just work it out on myself. Uh, they go, well, you know, if you want to talk about it, I'll be here, you know, and you'll probably feel a lot better if you talk about it. So why don't you talk about it? And I go, no, I don't want to. I'm okay. I'll figure it out. But they just keep bugging me and they just keep bugging me and it builds up inside. So you're going to be institutionalized. You'll ha you'll come out brainwashed with bloodshot eyes. You won't have you won't have any say. They'll brainwash you until you see their way. I'm not crazy. Institutionalized. You're the one that's crazy. Institutionalized. You're driving me crazy. Institutionalized. Uh, they stuck me in an institution. Said it was uh, the only solution to give me the needed professional help to protect me from the enemy myself. I was in my room and I was just like staring at the walls thinking about everything but then again I was thinking about nothing and then my mom came in and I didn't even know she was there. She called me by, she called my name and I didn't hear her and then she started screaming Mike Mike and I said and I go what what's the matter? And she goes what's the matter with you? And I go 
There's nothing wrong, Mom. And she goes, don't tell me that. You're on drugs. I go, no, Mom, I'm not on drugs. I'm okay. I'm just thinking, you know. Why don't you go get me a Pepsi? Huh? <laughs> See, that's where the Pepsi. And she goes, no, you're on drugs. And I go, Mom, I'm okay. I'm just thinking. And she goes, no, you're not thinking. You're on drugs. Normal people don't act that way. I go, Mom, just give me a Pepsi, please. All I want is a Pepsi. And she wouldn't give, <laughs> give it to me. All I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. And she wouldn't give it to me. Just a Pepsi. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> they give you a white shirt with long sleeves. They tie it around your back. You're treated like thieves. Drug you up because they're lazy. It's too much work to help a crazy. I'm not crazy. Institutionalized. You're the one that's crazy. Institutionalized. You're the one. You're driving me crazy. Institutionalized. They stuck me in an institution. Said it was the only solution to give me the needed professional help to protect me from the enemy myself. I'm sitting in my room and my mom and dad come in and they pull up a chair and they sit down and they go, Mike, we need to talk to you. And I go, okay, what's the matter? They go, me and your mom, your mom and I, <clears throat> me and your mom, we've been noticing lately that you've been having a lot of problems and you've been going off for no reason and we're afraid you're going to hurt somebody. We're afraid you're going to hurt yourself. So we decided it would be in your best interest if we put you in a place where <laughs> where you could get the help you need. And I, and I go, wait, what are you talking about? We decided my best interest? How do you know what my best interest is? How do you know what my best interest is? What are you trying to say? I'm crazy? I went to your schools. I went to your churches. I went to your institutional learning facilities. Uh, <clears throat> Mike, uh, institutional learning facilities, uh, those are schools. So you're saying that twice. So now you say I'm crazy, and at that point, I say, shut up, kid. God. <laughs> Teenagers. <sighs> it's poetry. That's a difference. When I was younger, I thought, that's kind of cool, you know. That's kind of not that I was identifying with it, but I just I, I enjoyed it. I think I probably thought it was kind of funny then too. But as I was listening, watching the video, and I'm listening to this kid, and and I and his name is Mike. He's the 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 guy who sings the song and I presume wrote it. Uh, and he's he gets to that point where he says, "I went to your schools, and I went to your churches, and I went to your schools, and I you know just say, shut up." Just shut up. You're in a band called Suicidal Tendencies. I think your parents should be concerned about uh, you know you being upset and all that, and you might hurt yourself. <laughs> That's why you know. Why don't you listen to mom and dad? Oh, what a difference thirty years makes. Uh, let's see. John McCain, Senator John McCain. Uh, he's got brain cancer, don't you know? found out about that and uh, from what I understand about this brain cancer is it's pretty aggressive and at the most life expectancy once diagnosed with such a cancer even with treatment is about 14 months so he may not have much longer uh, he gave an impassioned speech to the Senate saying what are we doing why are we doing this this why are we so partisan why are we so tribal? Uh, you know, we used to have procedures we used to follow. We used to work across the aisle with each other. We used to compromise. We used to, you know, we used to do these things. We used to work out in the open, and now we're 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 doing stuff in secret. And we're springing it on on each other, and you know, he just was not happy about that. Now, I do know that some on the left that watched that speech immediately jumped to what they considered to be facts, but it might be true, that uh, as far as it goes with Obamacare, uh, when the Democrats were bringing that through Congress, there were lots of hearings, lots of, they, they say, there's lots of hearings, lots of public debate, lots of uh, input by Republicans. I think I saw a number saying there was something like 160 changes that were made through the process to, to uh, compromise with the Republicans. Uh, so they took exception to to McCain when he said, "Hey, you Democrats did it too." Yeah, and okay, you know, 
but when the news came out that he had brain cancer, the more impetuous of my Facebook friends, their their asshole behavior came out. You know, they just said, you know, you know, screw him. Uh, I hope he dies a quick and painful death. Well, quick at least is somewhat kind, but painful. You want him to die. And it just, I got, I'd look at that, and, and admittedly, it's not most of the people that are on the left that are Facebook friends of mine. It's just a couple of them, and then in that thread, you'd get more that'll come out. They're not necessarily Facebook friends of mine, but they are of the person who put that comment up. And you're just looking at that, and I said, and I got a little miffed about it, and so I put in the comments, I said, you know, they should put him in a small cell and, and, and torture him for five years which is what was done to him when he was in Vietnam. And that, that got a like. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I thought, man, that's not working. <laughs> so, I, so I finally said, what essentially they, what I, my opinion is, of what they were saying. Uh, so I wrote in there, uh, I said, everyone who doesn't agree with me should die of cancer. You know, because... It, and, and when I put that in there, uh, a Facebook friend of mine commented to me. She said, I have cancer. You don't, hope, you don't want me to die, do you? And I immediately put, I don't. I, said, I was trying to demonstrate, the, you know, I was acting as impetuous and childish as the other people in this comment thread. And then I sent her a private message you know, expanding on that, saying, I absolutely do not want you to die of cancer. I want you to kick its ass. I don't want McCain to die of it. I don't want anybody. I don't want my father-in-law who's got cancer, a very slow, not an aggressive cancer, but he's got it. And I don't want him to die of that. And I don't, you know, don't want him to have it. And uh, of course not. But just, I, oh, God, it just, it, it just worked me up enough. It really did. Uh, that this blind hatred you are the other, and since you're the other, I can think of terrible things about you, and I can say terrible things about you, and I can wish terrible harm to come to you, because you're the other. You're not in my group. That's tribalism. That's what's wrong. And that's part of what McCain was talking about when he gave that speech. Now, he did, now some people you know, made an intelligent way of saying they disagree with him by saying, you know, he just got back from getting uh, top health care that's provided by taxpayers for him. He just got back from there, makes this speech, then votes to, you know, then he votes for this terrible thing that the Republicans want to do to everybody. And, well, sort of. Uh, he voted that, let's send this to debate, let's open this up. Because he says he's not going to vote for it as it is. He did say he would vote no for it. And then there was that, that they call it the skinny bill, which was to just repeal Obamacare. And he was one of three Republicans that voted no. And I saw this bit in on a video when he went up and he voted no and he put his thumb down that uh, there, was, there, was this, there was some gasps around the chamber that they didn't expect him to do that. So, you know, and the other two, let me see if I can find their names. I wrote them down. I wrote them down. Oh, yes. Uh, Susan Collins. She's a senator from Maine. And Lisa Murkowski. She's a senator from Alaska. They were the other two Republicans of the three Republicans. They, they were the, uh, the other two of the three Republicans who voted against the, the skinny bill. Uh, and they said they were going to. And, and McCain joined them and so that it didn't pass. So now it's you know back to the debates and back to see what's going to happen and that's the process of government. But um, I found it just it's just uh, very upsetting that 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 they just jumped on McCain and hoped that he died. And you know what they it seemed to be the biggest thing that they, the biggest reason for it, now it might have been you know, the healthcare stuff they, they didn't, that was mentioned, but it seemed to be the more passionate reason for wishing death upon Senator John McCain was that 
it was because of Sarah Palin. Um, you know, last I checked, John McCain didn't win the presidency. Sarah Palin didn't become vice president. And she's currently irrelevant. So, what? Huh? You know? If you don't agree with me, you're worse than Hitler. Well, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm going to head to my second break. I'll be back after this, hopefully with some lighthearted stuff. Uh, well, a little bit more on John McCain. A little bit more. I'll be back. Uh, sit tight. Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jen, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Ah. Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Your assignment is to listen to Buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. A little bit more about John McCain. Um, another thing to read. <laughs> Reading heavy show today. Just to give you a different perspective, or maybe a, a fuller perspective, I'm going to read this to you. Senator McCain is a friend and mentor and a true patriot. He is a man of unbelievable conviction and courage. I once stood with him outside the cell where he was held for over five years as a POW in Vietnam. That was where he made the decision to allow others to be released before him so he didn't get special treatment. You don't get braver than that. That's why I know he is up for this fight, uh, the fight against cancer. Just continuing. John McCain is also someone who is always a teacher to new senators. He is, uh, and he especially makes sure that on international trips, women senators get the respect they deserve from foreign leaders. Maybe that is because he has always been surrounded by strong women, his wife and my friend Cindy, his mom, and his daughters. I know that they, along with the rest of his family, uh, are there 
for him tonight, as is our entire country. Our country owes a lot to John McCain, and we stand with him tonight. Uh, everybody, that is, except for those that are wishing him to die because of Sarah Palin. This was uh, written and uh, uh, put out onto the internets by Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat, Minnesota. She is our senior senator. I like Amy Klobuchar. I've always liked Amy Klobuchar. Even in my more conservative days, I always liked Amy Klobuchar. I thought she was in politics for the right reason. Uh, she's, I, I think of her as being honest. She's in the mold, uh, maybe not quite as liberal, but she's in the mold of Paul Wellstone, who I believed was sincere in politics for the right reasons, and that he cared. And uh, I, I think the same thing about Amy Klobuchar. Uh, if she ran for president, I don't think I'd hesitate voting for her. It depends on who was vote running against her. But, you know, maybe she'd get Sarah Palin for vice president. Then Sarah Palin would be awesome. No, of course not. How do you judge someone? You know, it's those of you who have real difficulties with John McCain, listen to Amy Klobuchar talk about him, about how he was a teacher, and about how he brought new senators under his wing, not to tell them how to vote, not to get them to become Republicans if they were Democrats, but to show them the ropes, to make them comfortable, to get them up to speed, to get them to understand the process, you know, to make them feel welcome. That's what she was talking about. You know, I saw her on a, on a Sunday morning local news thing, and she was talking about that, about him. If someone like Amy Klobuchar can, be, can think that highly of the man, is he as bad as Hitler? Well, let's see. How much time have I got to this show? <laughs> Let's see, i got to wrap up at... Uh, oh, okay. Um, I, a couple, few weeks ago, talked about uh, this book I was attempting to read. Uh, it's called Full Moon, The Amazing Rock and Roll Life of Keith Moon. It was written by uh, Keith Moon's friend and his man Friday for several years. Uh, a man named Dougal Butler. Actually, his name Peter, but uh, he went by the nickname Dougal. And uh, if you recall, it was a pedantic moment for me where I hadn't, I attempted to read the book way back in the mid-80s. I picked it up then. This was in my early days of my Who obsession. Uh, and I picked it up to read it, and I got part of the way through the book, and I sat it down for some reason. And I, do, I couldn't remember why I sat it down, but I still had the book, and I found it a few weeks ago and decided I'm going to read it. I got one chapter, uh, one paragraph in, and I understood why I stopped reading it. Uh, it was written rather poorly, especially in the fact that it was written all in, virtually all in present tense. And it gets very confusing. And uh, I decided if I was going to make it through that book, I'd have to correct the verb tenses <laughs> as I read it. <laughs> and I did. And I've shown this book to some of the Minnesota skeptics. I brought it to the last meetup, and I said, here, you, know, so you want to know how pedantic I am? Take a look at this. And page after page with red marks all written, all fixing everything. Well, okay, I told you about that. Uh, I wrote about the book for Nostalgia Zone on the, the blog site called uh, Warehouse Find. I'll... I'll Put everything in the show notes, which you can get to by going to uh, dimlandradio.com. You click on the blog option, and you'll find the show notes. They should be up as soon as you're downloading this from from iTunes. And if you're not subscribed on iTunes, why not? It's just, I'm on there. Why not? Uh, anyway, um, I didn't have a very favorable impression of the book. I, I thought Butler, uh, he, who tells the book to two other writers, and I guess they put it into book form for him. Uh, I guess the idea was to keep it in you know, his voice as much as possible. That's why the verb tense was done the way it was. He uses a lot of uh, British slang and Cockney rhyming slang, and so they put a glossary at the end of the book so that you can look up what these words mean, uh, what these phrases mean. Cockney rhyming slang is, uh, if, you're not unfamiliar, if you're unfamiliar with it, it is, uh, it's taking a, a phrase that rhymes with uh, the object or the action that you're describing. Uh, for instance, 
But then it's but then it goes a little deeper than that. For instance, saucepan. Saucepan means a kid. How does that mean a kid? Saucepan lid kid. Saucepan lid rhymes with kid, so they go by saucepan. It's weird, but that's what they, that's how it works. So it's written that way, and when I it's, I write this up, and I and I uh, the problems I had with the book were uh, the the author Butler uh, does not have a high opinion of the common man. Time after time after time, he ridicules them, but then he'll draw back a little bit and say, "Well, maybe I misjudged them because they did this, which was kind of cool, and I didn't expect it." So he'll do that a few times, but most of the time, it's it's his his attitude was that they're rubes. He doesn't call them rubes, but that's his, that's his attitude. At least that's what I pulled from it when I was reading it. He also doesn't think much of any other place in the world if it isn't London, um, New York, perhaps, and oh, and London, not the East End of London. Just you know, everything in London except for East the East End. Uh, I think maybe New York was okay by him, and Malibu, California. If it isn't any of those three cities. Why would you want to live there? Why would you? Why would you even go there? You know, we got to play concerts there. The Who's got to play concerts there? So we go there. But gee, that's his. That was his attitude there. His attitude toward women. <laughs> they are good for one thing. And uh, if they're not that good looking, uh, let me get some medicines in me, alcohol or drugs. And if I get drunk or high enough, they might become good enough to have sex with. And that's the one thing. Uh, there's a term called slag, S-L-A-G, slag, calling women slags, which means that they're not necessarily very attractive, but they're willing, but they're pliable. And if you get enough medicine in you, which that's what Butler calls drugs and drink, medicine. So I, got, you know, I didn't have a high opinion of Butler. Uh, there's a point in the book where Butler actually, you know, it's like the pot calling the kettle black when he says that Keith Moon's respect for women was not very high. Is it really? <laughs> you mean he's worse than you? Uh, or was worse than him because he's dead now. Uh, Moon is, that is. And so I just, uh, and it's, it, those were things that bothered me. It bothered me that there wasn't the story about uh, Keith Moon's friend Neil Boland, who had been killed accidentally by Keith Moon after a night of partying in a in a new pub, uh, in which there were quite a few young, angry, unemployed, possibly skinheads that didn't take too kindly to the rock star. But uh, Keith, you know, Keith Moon's entourage kept saying, "We should get out of here. The tension's feeling kind of high. These guys are saying things and looking at us. Let's, we should go." And Keith just wouldn't go. He wouldn't leave. No, no, no. Let's hang around. Say, no, we're, don't worry about it. And when they finally left, the skinheads gathered around their vehicle and started causing problems. And Keith Moon's friend and driver, and he was a good friend of his, and he was the driver, gets out of the vehicle. I'm not sure why, but he gets out of the vehicle to try to clear away the uh, the the offenders and in the ensuing scuffle somehow Keith Moon ends up behind the wheel of the vehicle he drives it away not realizing that he had run over his friend Neil and was dragging him to his death it was ruled accidental it was uh, you know and 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 so yeah I think the, even the magistrate or the judge that heard the case really said that you know there was nothing Keith could have done we really can't hold him responsible for it because of the circumstance okay fine then um, that's not mentioned in the book now I did say that Butler was not among the entourage uh, so it is, but it bothered me because I figured well why spoil the fun you don't want to put that kind of a story in the book because we're talking about all the madcap madness the craziness, the hotel smashing, the car destroying, the the irreverence toward other people, the you know all that stuff, and you know sometimes Keith Moon's attitude comes off like he's a real asshole, you know, uh, but you know it, it's just the biggest problem I had with the book was that it just gets tedious. 
story after story after story. It's just tedious. You know, Moon gets drunk, he causes mayhem, he gets away with it. He gets drunk again, he causes mayhem, he gets away with it. And it's just over and over and over and over. And it, it's, it, it, some of the stories were kind of amusing, but after a while, the sheer volume and knowing ultimately where it heads, Keith Moon dying at age 32 on an overdose of, of, a, of a medication he was taking to get him to stop drinking. It's just, it's not funny. It's, it's sad. Um, but, and there's, there's, there's certainly more to Keith than what, than what Dougal Butler does in the book. It's so one-dimensional. And there's another biography about uh, uh, Keith Moon, which is far more in-depth. Looks into how he learned how to play drums, who he learned from, what his, you know, interests were when before he started getting getting involved with the who what he was like when he first did what you know about the the all the craziness that's in there too and and the fact that he was terrible to his wife butler does mention that in the book uh that is you know there's a few moments where butler does humanize moon a little bit but overall it's just it was a tedious read very tedious so i wouldn't recommend you read it unless you really want to and then it's up to you but um i wrote up this piece about it put it onto a who facebook page uh fan page on facebook and i got most i got a lot of likes a lot of people liked it but there were a couple people that took me to task one person said, oh you know she just said i wasn't a fan of the band i'm not a real fan and all that kind of stuff and said, yeah, this is horrendous and i said you know that's your opinion that's fine you know my blog my opinion now you write your blog um, and that's fine, but I said, you know, all, you know, that's fine, you know. I, I, and one other person did take me to task about the Neil Boland thing because he said Keith Moon wasn't working for, or not Keith Moon, uh, Doug Butler wasn't working for Keith Moon at that point. He was working for John Entwistle. And so I look, you know, I looked into it, and, I, and it turns out he's right. And I said, so I, I updated my piece by adding that at the end and said I was, you know, I was wrong about that, and that would explain why he didn't mention it. But, you know. So I can, I'm, I can I didn't change the overall piece, but I did do that a little bit. So yeah, that's the that's the deal on that. Um, uh, shoot, I was gonna do an "It's Not True," but I'll save. It. I'll do it real quick. I won't even play the theme song. It's not true. Uh, it's been going around. It's about John McCain. It's been going around that John McCain was going to be court-martialed as a, as a war criminal, uh, but he was pardoned by Nixon. It's not true. You know, it's, it's just that you know. Uh, it is true to an extent that John McCain confessed that he was a war criminal and that he bombed women and children in Vietnam. But he confessed to that to the North Vietnamese who were torturing him for five years. He broke, and he beat himself up about that. He, to this day, he he regrets that he broke. He said, "I should have held out longer," but he couldn't. And he, and he would have said anything they wanted him to say at that point. So it's not true. Nixon did not pardon him. There's no record of it. It's not true. So let's just pretend you heard the Who song. Because I want to get to the three cool things of the week. And I, oh geez, I'm probably going to go long again. <laughs> number three. Number three. Uh, I, I, I shamelessly begged my Facebook friends to give me some more likes on, uh, on my Dimland Radio Facebook page. And I did get a few more. I'm up to 181. I was at 173 when I made when I begged. Now I'm up to 181. But I noticed something interesting. Uh, when I check out the demographics of my likes, it's not surprising that the most from the, which country the most likes come, and that's the United States with uh, 124. But the second highest number of likes that I have at 22. Bangladesh. Oh, what? That's I, I Bangladesh, twenty-two. <laughs> That's kind of weird, uh, but it's cool. Uh, I, I I don't know why. I don't know if a lot of people are listening to this podcast from that are in Bangladesh, but somehow my Facebook page gets somehow my Dimland Radio Facebook gets like number two of the coolest things of this week. 
Uh, I got together with uh, uh, with uh, my uh, friend uh, Douglas Arthur and my other friends Michael Noble and Brian Curtis, and the four of us recorded an episode of the Two Headed the Assault of the Two Headed Space Mules, which is Douglas Arthur's podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes. Uh, I'm you know those the four of us occasionally get together and uh, we talk about some pop culture event, uh, and we got together to talk about George Romero, uh, the uh, director and screenwriter who had recently died, and uh, he's responsible for Night of the Living Dead. So we got together and we talked about that, and last week I recommended that you watch the movie Creep Show, which is a George Romero-directed film written by Stephen King. Uh, we talked about you know, what his films meant and what we thought of him and, and, and talked about a couple movies. I talked about Creep Show, and it was really cool, and I'm very excited about uh, the one of the... might be the very next thing that we're going to talk about coming up, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because it'll spoil it. And the number one coolest thing that happened this week, yes, I did mention Keith Moon, and now I'm going to talk about The Who. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I talked about The Who, so. Uh, I went over to a, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I went over to his house and watched a couple movies. Watched uh, Resident Evil, the first one. Never seen it. It was okay. It, was, it wasn't terrible, and it was confusing through about the first 30 minutes. I had no idea what was going on, but they assured me, my two friends that I watched the movie with, that that was probably intended, that they didn't want you to be too sure what was going on. Uh, and incidentally, George Romero was slated, or at least offered, to direct that movie. But he turned it down because too much studio involvement. He was an independent filmmaker. He wanted to make his films, not the studio films. Um, anyway, while I was there, my friend handed me a video cassette, a VHS tape of The Who in concert. It's the live performance of Tommy. That's from 1989, their tour that they did there, which is essentially the, the Get John Entwistle Out of Debt tour. Uh, they, 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 uh, and I had seen that show when it came out first, I think it was shown on TV. I had seen it way back when, uh, in 1989, but, um, uh, the, it has the full performance of Tommy. And I, and I was watching this again on YouTube just a little bit ago before Craig, that's my friend who gave it to me, before Craig, hey, I mentioned your name, Craig, uh, three times. Uh, and, and and I watched it and I, and I thought, yeah, this is kind of good because it was different because the the volume of the performance had to be low because of Pete's ears. Pete Townsend's ears were in such bad shape at that point. He said, we have to turn down, we can't go over this decibel. But because we can't go that loud, John Entwistle can't play as loud as he normally plays, which means he's not going to be able to fill the sound because he plays like an orchestra. That's what Townsend always said. Plays like an orchestra. We need to get a horn section and backing singers and another percussionist along with a, a really good drummer and we need a keyboardist and we need another guitar player. We need, we need to expand the band so that we can approximate all the stuff that John could do at full volume. But now that he can't play at full volume. So... I'm watching it, and I was enjoying it. I liked the horns. Roger's voice was still young and strong. Pete was doing great. He had that uh, brace on his hand because he had skewered it on a whammy bar on a guitar that tour. I mean, he was doing a windmill thing in the whammy bar. That's that little handle on the on the guitar that you can wiggle to make the, the, the notes go wah, 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 wah kind of thing. So, uh, or, or just distort it, whatever. And he, it went right through his hand. Didn't damage, cause much damage, but it went right through his hand. So uh, he, you can see that on there. And it was great until they brought in their guest singers. Phil Collins, uh, uh, Steve Winwood, Elton John, Patti LaBelle, and the dreadful Billy Idol. <laughs> and, and, you know, and Phil Collins was fine, but you know, he's, he played it for laughs because he was playing Uncle Ernie, which is kind of weird that we laugh at him because Uncle Ernie was a pedophile. <laughs> it's kind of weird that we laugh at him, but that's how it was played. Uh, Elton John was fine. He did Pinball Wizard, which he did a cover of that song many years ago, um, and he performs it in the movie, Tommy. Uh, Steve Winwood did a good job. He was okay. Uh, Patti LaBelle is just never my thing. She's she's a, she's a great singer, I guess, but she's just not my, my cup of tea, although I do like Lady Marmalade, that one song of theirs. Uh, and Billy Idol is just... <laughs> when I worked at Wendy's way back when, and I was into punk rock, 
still am. But I would let new kids that start working there, you know, they'd ask what kind of music I like, and I say I like punk rock, and they say, "Oh, do you like Billy Idol?" And I said, "No, I said I like punk rock." <laughs> Billy Idol is punk metal, at best, and he just—I don't know—he has some songs that are okay, but man, when he come out there, and I just went, "Oh yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I got to sit through all this kind of crap," because I just—I just want to hear the Who. But the coolest thing about this VHS is after they finish up the Who uh, or the Tommy stuff, they play a selection of their hits and a couple of Pete Townsend songs. So that was even cooler. So uh, of the coolest things, that was the coolest of the thing that happened this week, and I hope you've had three, at least three, cool things happen to you. <sighs> Good night. Good night. Yes, I went over about five minutes, but what are you going to do? Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you all to... What is it? Uh, yeah, sleep with the lights off. We'll talk to you next week. Check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks, Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell.